And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys are having a great week. Uh, A lot of stuff, an absolute ton of news to get to today. I was joined by my good friend Aaron Bandler from Jewish Journal. Um, You guys probably know him already. He's been on the podcast a whole bunch of times, and it's always a good time talking to Aaron. Um, He's the best. So before I get to my chat with Aaron and we break down the crazy world of politics, uh, I have to say hi to our sponsors over at Premier Vapor. If you smoke and you want to quit, you have to check out my friends over at Premier Vapor. They have the largest selection of premium e-liquid anywhere in the country. All their stuff is fantastic. It is all made professionally, safely, in a state-of-the-art lab out in California. These guys... all their all their flavors are delicious. That any kind of flavor you would ever want. They have any kind of battery tank, uh, mod, any kind of coils, atomizers, anything you need for your vape setup. They have. They're super knowledgeable. They can point you in the right direction. Let you know what you need. Um, they have physical locations in Holland and Perrysburg, Ohio. If you're in Northwest Ohio, check them out in person. If not, you can find them at PremierVaporAndLounge.com. That is PremierVaporAndLounge.com. Dot com. They will give you free shipping on all orders over 35 bucks. And guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. We'd really appreciate that. And uh, if you like what you're hearing and you want to get involved with the show, check us out over on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash the Podcast. You can contribute monthly there, and there's cool incentives if you choose to do so. All right, without further ado, here is my chat with Aaron Bandler. <laughs> All right, guys, we're here with my good friend Aaron Bandler. Aaron, thanks so much for taking the time, brother. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So we have a a ton to get to, as always, today. Um, But before we get into the real news of the day, um, anybody who's listened to Aaron's, I don't know, I don't know how many times you've been on the show, five or six times at least. (laughs) So anybody that's heard Aaron (laughs) on the show before knows that he's a huge Bay Area sports fan. Um, He's a big fan of the 49ers and the Golden State Warriors. And uh, Aaron, your boy, Steph Curry, two-time NBA MVP, uh, you know, world champion, one of the best point guards of all time. Uh, he said in an interview uh, a couple days ago that he does not believe that we landed on the moon, <laughs> which is yeah. which is which is a ridiculous statement. And uh, I talked to you yesterday, and you said that you thought he was joking. He actually was not joking. And he doubled down on that today, and uh, NASA has invited him next time they play the Rockets uh, to uh, go to their headquarters in Houston and, and take the tour and stuff. Um, which, honest honest to God, I know this is funny, and like people were making fun of Steph for, for making this comment, but like I didn't think this was funny at all. Like I thought this was pretty sad, considering Steph Curry is like a 30-year-old millionaire who went to college for three years at like a really good school. <laughs> so it's like, it's a... I don't know. Like it almost seems like a d- disturbing more than funny to me. I don't know your thoughts. I mean, I, I, I'm still somewhat sure that he's that he that this is all just a big joke to him. But I don't know. I I, I really am just sort of over it at this point. I just I just it just keep bombing three staff and and 
just do that, and, and I don't care like what you think. Right. And, uh, I mean, people need to stop asking basketball players these kinds of questions. We all remember Kyrie Irving last year when he said he thought the earth was Sorry? flat. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just yeah. Stop, stop asking basketball players these questions. It's just, it's not fruitful. But one more point with, with the Steph Curry thing. I think this is a, it's a symptom of a major problem we have in society. And it goes back to like Alex Jones and Alex Jones's audience. Like I know people that like Alex Jones who aren't stupid people. Like I have a couple friends of mine that are, I mean, they're savages. They're not, you know, intellectual heavyweights or anything. But like they like the conspiracy theory stuff. And I think it's because like, we all know, and what we've seen over the last couple years in the world of politics is there's absolutely no confidence at all in our institutions, in the government, in the media. So anytime there's like a consensus opinion, there are a percentage of Americans that are be like, nope, bullshit, I don't believe it. Like, no matter what, yeah. no matter how, like, two plus two is four, nope, turning the frogs gay. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's almost, that may have fed into Steph Curry's ridiculous comment, like, Maybe he's like the Alex Jones type fans, you know, not, I mean, kind of on the other side of the political spectrum, but that just has no confidence in the government, no confidence in institutions and the media. And it is just quick to call BS on anything, even if it's common sense. I feel like it's, it's always like, I think for some people, it's just always fun to like buy into conspiracy theories because it's sort of like, you know, it's like, it's like you're, you're going against the tide and it's, you know, and I don't know. I think it's just fun sometimes. It's uh, that'd be fun for some people to sort of imagine like this vast sort of like cover up or or something because you know it, it's like something out of like a it's like something out of a movie, you know, and 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 it helps maybe entertain them a little bit. Um, you know, I I I, I think that might fit into it too if he's being serious. Um, but uh, I don't know, like like. Like I said, I'm, I'm over it. <laughs> so. right, right. All right. Well, I would have been remiss if I, if I didn't bring that up. But all right. So the of real the, the real news, the real news of the day is we are looking at another government shutdown, which side note, don't threaten me with a good time. You know, maybe we can make it permanent this time. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I won't miss. A, a, yeah, I won't miss one second of sleep over a government shutdown. Uh, I mean, consider another side note. Sorry to, you know, I, I can't even get to the point. But when the government shuts down, only like 5% of the government shuts down. <laughs> like, government employees yeah, still get little. paid. Yeah, like, every, welfare checks, Medicare, Medicaid, all those checks still go out. It's not really a shutdown. But anyway, we're, we're, we're staring down the barrel of another government shutdown. Uh, President Trump wants border security money in this new spending bill that they have to sign to keep the government open. He wants money for the wall. Democrats don't want to give it to him. Trump, Vice President Pence, and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer held a, a very strange joint press conference in the Oval Office yesterday, and it got pretty heated, uh, and Trump pledged to shut down the government if Democrats refuse to secure the border. Um, before we get into it, what did you make of this press conference? It got pretty wild, man. I mean, I think Trump wiped the floor with Pelosi and Schumer. I, 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 I think it was just clear that... I, that uh, I mean, not that Trump is exactly the most like you know intellectual policy wonk heavyweight, but uh, but the fact is that he is right on on this matter, and and I think he knows enough at least to you know to, to rebut a, a lot of the BS talking points from Pelosi and Schumer, um, and, and it's also I think Trump is also really good. I, I I think Trump should do more of those honestly because I know in the past he's done those with like guns and. Um, I, I, 
and, and things of, of, that, of that sort. He's always come across well because Trump is someone that is natural element. Like he, he, he's someone who's really good on camera and you know is, is charismatic. And it was kind of like what we saw with the Republican primary debates, where it just didn't matter like you know who stood up against him, how many people were trying, how many people would try and attack him. Um, he would always just like he would always come out like on top because he knows how to do well those those types of, of formats. Right, and so the, I, I and so the biggest I, yeah. moment in that press conference to me was when Trump actually broke Schumer. He actually broke. He he basically got Chuck Schumer to admit defeat, uh, and Schumer kind of like broke character uh, for a second there and said, "Well, let, let's debate this in private. Let's debate this in private. We don't need to do this in front of the cameras." And it's like, wow. Yeah, but like he said that. Yeah. I mean, that that was that was a big moment, man. Like Chuck Schumer loves him some cameras. Like, don't get between Chuck Schumer and, and, and a news crew. Uh, yeah, exactly. And he right. admitted that he—I think Schumer was smart enough, almost, to, to realize that the vast majority of the American public wants um, border security. They want a secure border. And he was not going to win a fight on camera with Trump when when he's refusing to you know give any money towards border security. And Trump is saying, uh, no, the American people want this. I thought that was a stunning moment. I think that was a big hit for the Democrats. <laughs> Schumer, you know, saying, no, no, all right, all right, fine, uncle, uncle. You know, I tap out. Let, let's do this in private. I thought that was that was <laughs> astounding. Well, and also Pelosi, Pelosi said it, too. And then, and then Trump's like, well, Nancy, it's called transparency. So I thought that was a really <laughs> great moment. Um, it's Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, I, it's just to show that Trump is a really effective troll when he needs to be, and I think yesterday's press conference was a good example of that. Um, ultimately, it doesn't mean anything, though, unless he follows through on his, on his shutdown of the government. And with Trump, you never know that kind of stuff, because he says a lot of things, but they don't actually materialize in the policy. So, I, And the Republicans, of course, were immediately, were immediately like, oh, no, like how dare, how could Trump say that we're going to get blamed now the government shuts down? We can't have a shutdown happen. I'm just like, guys, like, like seriously, girl, a pair of balls like everybody shut down is a great right it's it right. should really be easy for republican for republicans to win a shutdown argument they have to win the democrats they just say you know what fine shut it down like uh, like the american people will realize that you know life goes on like we don't need a big expansive government in our lives you know that's why the democrats are really scared of it because they don't want the american people to think that you know the republicans just say like hey you know we'll show you that our philosophy works you know with with this shutdown go ahead and see like how your lives will go on unaffected by it right that's a winning message right there you right. know and i don't think and, and that's, that's definitely yeah i don't think either side wants especially the democrats obviously they are the party of big government uh, but i don't even i don't think either side wants the american people to realize how little they actually need the federal government except maybe you know oh yeah for, R- Rand, for sure. Rand paul would be thrilled i don't think the rest of the politicians democrat or republic or republican want that realization um but yeah, th- that's the main point, and you touched on it, Aaron. Um, Trump has to know that you know Nancy Pelosi is the incoming House Speaker. The Democrats now control the House of Representatives. This is the last chance in this term for him to get a wall built on the southern border. This is it. I mean, this is it. He has no. This is his last chance. If he doesn't get it done, it would be the worst broken promise on a campaign trail since uh, Bush 41. Read my lips. No new taxes. He has to get this done. This is his last chance, at least for the next two years. Is Trump going to follow through and stand his ground? And I, I think there's there's a, a, a lot of support for him standing his ground. You see Lindsey Graham 
on Twitter constantly, you know, with hashtag dig in, tweeting at Trump saying dig in on this. You know, this, yeah. this is the hill to die on. And he does have a lot of support in the House and the Senate from Republicans telling him, yes, this is a hill to die on. We do need to secure the border. Look at the caravan. Look at all this. He has to follow through. This is his last chance to get the wall built. Does he have the balls to do it? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, it's hard to say because I know it's tough, you know, man. It's tough. I don't he know. says stuff like this in the, he says stuff like this in the past, and then like, he's he still kind of caves. You know, and that's probably because his, his advisors are telling him to. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's really hard to say at this point. I mean, I, I'm inclined to think no, just be, just because. I mean, this this is how the game is always played in Washington, and unfortunately, even Trump isn't immune to that. Uh, but as you said, like it is his last. Ch- it is potentially is as most likely his last chance to get the wall built. So I don't know. We'll have to wait and see what happens over the next couple of weeks. Um, it'll, it'll be, it will be fun though, because I, I know in the past around this time of year has always been like when there's been some drama, you know, I, was, I don't know if you remember um, right after Obama was reelected, there's whole fiscal cliff thing, which, which, which is a big deal over nothing for like for weeks. Right. Um, but, but, but the, but all the drama was fun. So it was like, okay, okay. You know, I, I'm here for some, fiscal cliff like drama you know with, right. with the border wall except this time it actually matter you know, because the wall is important right yeah i'm always up for the entertainment but i i do think it, it's i saw some polling data on border security and it's something like 88 percent of the country wants a secure border and even 54 percent which is up a few points from the last the last poll i saw 54 percent want a wall bill which is that's a mandate, man. You know, Trump ran on it. He, he won the yeah, election to the presidency. 54% of the, the country still still wants it, and it's tough to get 54% of the country to agree on anything. So I, he has to. He has to. He's got to dig in. He's got to get it done, at least to save face. He's not going to get, you know, whatever the a full wall would cost, $20 billion, $25 billion. He's not going to get that. But if he can get five. Just get started. If he can get four, you know what I mean? Just get, like, just we need some pictures, some videos of men with hammers building something on the southern border. Build a tent on the southern border, man. Build a just a little, build a doghouse. You know what I mean? Something has to be built on the southern border for Trump to save face here and for the Republicans to save face. So hopefully they do. Yeah, it. just yeah, just just get the ball rolling and um, then they get something to run on in twenty twenty. I'll say like, hey, you know what? Like we've got the wall built so far. I, I can get the rest of it built if you if you let me in the form. I mean, for four more years, the Democrats will stop this. Right. Like, you, like, you, know, you don't want them to, to, to roll back the progress made on border security. Right. Right. But for that to be a talking message. point. Yeah, it is. And that, that would be an extremely effective message, I think. And that would appeal to a lot of independents yeah, I think so as well. Too. That would appeal to a lot of independents as well. But to, for that to be a talking point, he needs he needs some progress this month. December 2018, he has to happen. Yep. I hope and pray that they get something done. Uh, I want to talk also about a new poll uh, that came out today. I saw it over on the Daily Wire, a poll among uh, registered Democrats that shows three-term congressperson slash senatorial loser in Texas, Beto O'Rourke, Robert Francis O'Rourke, I should say, or Bobby Franks for short. Yeah. I think that's a much better uh, nickname. Bobby Franks. Yeah, much better nickname. I like that, Bobby Franks. Beto. But Beto O'Rourke leads the Democratic field as the favorite to win the Democratic nomination in 2020. Uh, slightly behind him are both Joe Biden and then Bernie Sanders. Uh, Biden will be 79. Sanders, I believe, will be 80 in 2020. So it's a, wow, 
Um, or no, maybe it's 78 and 79, something like that. Old as the hills is the point. Um, but while, like out of the, obviously we know there's going to be, I don't know, 25, 30 at least Democratic candidates announced they're running for president. I cannot believe these three knuckleheads are in the lead, especially Beto O'Rourke, a congressman that's been around for three terms and done absolutely nothing and then lost the Senate race to a very flawed candidate in Ted Cruz. I like Ted Cruz, but let's be honest, he's a flawed candidate, uh, and Beto lost. What do you make of the Democrats? I, the Democrats, are they've learned nothing um, from nominating uh, uh, Hillary Clinton in 2016. There, there are some dangerous candidates for President Trump in 2020. I just don't think that Beto, Joe Biden, or Bernie Sanders are among any of those dangerous candidates. Well, I, I would disagree on Biden. But Bernie and uh, and Beto, I, would, I definitely agree. And I think it's interesting that how how the Democrats have have bought into this whole the whole notion of, of intersectionality. Um, that is the idea that, that uh, there are there are hierarchies of victims in terms of like uh, skin color, gender, and, and and so forth. But the top three guys are like old white dudes, <laughs> you right. know. Which I think is kind of funny. Um, the case of of, of Bob. Franks, um, the guy's very uh, for all the hype he got. Like he's very uh, he's a very unremarkable candidate. Like sure, okay, I mean he he is he is somewhat articulate, but I don't see any charisma from him. No, um, he's very he's nothing exciting about it. He's just for whatever reason like he just makes you know the lefty journalists swoon. Um, and the kind of like it, it make it does make sense to a degree why he was running the, he was running the campaign he did it this past year because I think. He was running. Um, I think he, he was running. I guess Kelly was saying on Twitter. Uh, by the way, very very good news that, he, that he's back on Twitter. Right, um, right. That was a very that, dark time with, um, with Jesse off Twitter. <laughs> that was a, that was a very dark time with, with, without Jesse on Twitter. Um, but uh, but Jesse Kelly kept saying that that Bobby Franks was running basically a national campaign. You know, like a precursor to um, well an MSNBC gig or you know a, a, a presidential run i think that's probably what that was was probably a precursor to a presidential run and it's funny how the democrats seem to they're embracing a guy who's never who who lost a big senate race despite you know spending 80 million dollars or whatever it was so um hey you know as much as the whole as the whole quote-unquote beta many thing annoyed me like i would i i i think that'd be a fantastic opponent for trump's run because trump would just destroy him because i i think there's I think Beto is just very, um, you know, like he's a very easy punching bag for Trump to, for Trump to target, especially given the whole, uh, the whole DUI stuff. And I, I just imagine the game the Trumps to come up with for that, right. you know, like what a truck, truck and Beto, or whatever, or, or you know, a boo, or you know, like a booze lover, be I don't know, something like that, you know. But it's gonna be legendary, and Trump will just like, you know, and, and Beto's not the kind of guy to really like fight back against Trump in a Trumpian manner. Like Biden, I think actually could do that because Biden's, but Biden's not, Biden is, is someone who's not averse to getting, to getting down the dirt. I don't think Beto is one of that kind of guy. He has kind of like a pretty boy image to him. And people like that just don't do well against Trump. So right. and I guess like, sure, Derek, if you want to run Bobby Franks, do it. Like he's going to get destroyed. Yeah. And just a couple points on Beto. Um, I mean, I watched the debates between uh, Ted Cruz and, and Beto O'Rourke. Ted Cruz gave him a beating. I mean, Ted Cruz yeah. just beat him down. 
And Trump is really good at that stuff, too. I mean, Trump is very good at it. He gets mean. He gets down in the, in the dirt with you. And, I mean, Beto could not hang with Ted Cruz on a debate stage. I, there's no reason to believe he could hang with Trump either. Another point is the Democrats make no sense. I mean, all they talk about is how white people are bad. You know, there's too many white people in politics. We need minorities. We need women. The three odds-on favorites to win the nomination are all white dudes. <laughs> like, it's so strange. And, and yeah, they're, they're all extremely rich. Beto O'Rourke is a billionaire. He's His wife comes from a billionaire family. He literally married into a billionaire family. Okay, he's a rich, white, billionaire, you know, pr- if you want to call it privileged, Beto O'Rourke is the most privileged person on the face of the earth. You know, Biden is a 80-something or 70-something-year-old rich white guy. Bernie Sanders is a late 70s, extremely rich white guy. I mean, for all the talk of diversity, all the talk of how awful white people are, and it's all about women and stuff like that, it's so strange the Democrats are getting behind guys like this. Like, it's, they're definitely not preaching what they, what they, or practicing what they preach. It's very strange. Yeah, that, that's like what I was saying earlier, about how like, they bought into the whole intersectionality mantra, and yet they're not really showing it um, in, in, in these polls so far. So, um, I mean, that is really funny. I mean, I, I don't know that, that, necessarily, that that would necessarily hurt them, just because it, it, it seems like any hardcore leftist just seems to spoon over uh, Bobby Franks or um, or Bernie. Uh, Biden might be, might be another story, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is really funny like how it's played out in that regard um if republicans are smart they would use that against them but and and maybe trump will you know who knows but um i I don't know i mean i don't have much faith in republicans when it comes to fighting back on this kind of stuff right so who do you think is the most dangerous candidate the democrats could nominate to take out trump in 2020 um i actually i actually do think biden's up there just because as i said i think biden is somebody who can get down and dirty with trump Trump, and I think Biden, I mean, Biden's an idiot, and and obviously he's a very sleazy guy, too, but I think among, you know, too many people, he comes across as, like, this good old friendly Uncle Joe, like, you know, like, uh, looks like a Joe, sort of, like, blue-collar type, and I think he has that kind of appeal um, to a large, a large swath of Americans, um, so that's why I, I would put him up there, I think, um, I think Actually, Sherrod Brown and, and Amy Klobuchar are probably da- dangerous, although I don't think I have a shot um, in, in the primary uh, because I just don't think either of them sort of have the same kind of name recognition or charisma um, or, fit the, or fit the intersectionality doctrine as much as these, these other candidates do. So, right, I right. mean, really, like, the most effective ticket the most effective ticket would, would be, like, a Sherrod Brown, Amy Klobuchar ticket or, or vice versa. Um, the, but I don't see either of them winning a primary, you know? Right. That, that's the thing. It, it's almost two questions. Like, who would be the most dangerous candidate? But, you know, all, all the candidates that I think could actually be Trump, like Sherrod Brown, um, like Amy Klobuchar. Well, Klobuchar could. I mean, she's a woman. She can at least play the woman card, I guess. That could move her along a little right, bit. But, 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 but she's also going to. There's also be a whole lot. There's be a lot of women running in that primary, too, with Elizabeth Warren right. probably going to run. Right. Um, with, uh, Kirsten Gillibrand. Right, with the candidates that could act, with the candidates that actually stand a popsicle's chance in hell to make it through the Democratic primary, I, I mean, the only, the only candidates with a decent shot of beating Trump would be, maybe Klobuchar, maybe Kamala Harris, because all the other ones, all the, all the other favorites of the Democratic Party, 
who could actually win the nomination would get crushed. Like Liz Warren, zero chance. I mean, she's just not. Oh, she would get destroyed. I mean, she'd get, that, she would get absolutely destroyed. She messed up so bad with the DNA test. <laughs> she just that was just a, a comical error. You know, Cory Booker's terrible. He's just not bright enough. Cory Booker's just not smart enough, articulate enough to 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 take on Trump. He's, he just has absolutely no chance. Kamala Harris, I don't think could beat Trump either, but she's at least intelligent. I mean, she's a she's an awful leftist, a, a radical. But she's at least well spoken. Oh, that's, that's being generous. I, 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 I think, I think she's really dumb, actually. But really? I mean, compared to who? Compared yeah. to Cory Booker, she's Einstein. Well, I mean, sure, but that's not going to be a high bar, right? Uh, <laughs> I don't think Kamala Harris has much, has much of a chance because I mean, because one, I mean, she is she's a radical, uh, this, but number two, she's she she has Hillary Clinton's same sort of like tut tut kind of um, style when it comes to going after Trump. And that just doesn't work right. against Trump. So I, 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 don't, I don't think she can get dirty uh, in a fight against Trump the same way like Biden could, you know? Right. Um, Biden would be a lot scarier if it was Joe Biden from 10 or 15 years ago. But uh, he's so old. He, I mean, he's, I don't know, five years older than Trump, but he looks like he's about 20 years older than Trump. And he's kind of lost his fastball a little bit. Like, if you hear Joe Biden speak now, it's not... Joe Biden, who was on the Obama ticket in 2008, like Biden slowed down, man. He has lost a little bit of his punch. You know, he's uh, he's not like the the quick Uncle Joe. Like, I don't know. I just don't think he would. He's so damn old. I, I just don't know if he's going to connect uh, with voters the way he thinks he would. But I don't know. And like, I've said it a million yeah, times. I mean- I've said it a million times. If the Democrats were smart enough to nominate a moderate John Hickenlooper, Joe Manchin, somebody like that they would win with 70% of the popular vote. They truly would. Like, they would... Joe Ma, uh, Joe Manchin would smoke Trump. I mean, he'd win 40 states. But he would never... I mean, he wouldn't... He's not going to run for president, because if he did, he'd get 1% or less of the... Uh, yeah, no, he wouldn't win. Yeah, like, he would never get... He would never and make it past I, I, Iowa. Honestly, if Hicken Luther were to run, he'd probably run as an independent with Kasich. Which that... Uh, I don't even want to talk about. Yeah, John I know. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Oh no, not John Kasich. No. Um, but uh, uh, I would say that that, that would have happened. I think that actually helped Trump just because I think that would split the anti-Trump vote um, so much that the Trump could theoretically win a, a plurality uh, for for the vote for, for re-election if that if that were to happen. I think. Yeah, but, maybe. You know. Maybe I that that would be a little scary. Um, because the Democrats do circle their wagons a lot better than Republicans do, um, so it, it could be a Ross Perot situation in the early '90s. You know, maybe potentially. Obviously, Kasich and Higginlooper are not nearly as talented as Ross Perot, so I don't think they'd get that. You know, 19% of the vote or wherever Perot got. Well, in that 92. And, well that and, and, and also and also there was a lot of. Um, there's a lot of dissatisfaction. I mean, I mean, I mean, God rest uh, George H. W. Bush. Soul, but th- there were there was some dissatisfaction. Um, some conservatives had some dissatisfaction for him, uh, based on you know the the, the breaking of the new, new taxes pledge and so forth, and that's what led to Pat Buchanan's insurgency, uh, brief insurgency, and then the Ross Perot third party in 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 in, uh, in that election. So, uh, but that dissatisfaction isn't really there with Trump. I mean, yeah, you have you have those separate Trump, uh, you know, idiots like. The, Bill Crystal or Tom Nichols, those guys, but those guys are, are like they're nothing. I mean, those those are so 
few Republicans that actually um, identify like that. I, I don't think that that Kasich Hickenlooper would draw Republicans. I think if anything, they would draw independents. Uh, if anything, they probably get more. They probably get independents. You know, independents that um, that that a Democrat uh, would need. You know, because if it's going to be a matter of just the Republican base versus, versus the Democrat base, then the Trump's going to win. You know, it's just a matter of, of, of where the independents go. Um, right. And if the independents go, go to Hickenlooper, you know, a third party candidacy, then Trump wins. Right. And that that's it's interesting because if there is a, a third party challenge or a primary challenge um, to Trump's center, you know, it would be the exact opposite of, of the early 90s, it'd be the exact opposite of Ross Perot's run because, you know, yeah. people elected George H.W. Bush wanting a third term of Ronald Reagan. I mean, they wanted a true conservative like Reagan. They just ba- they basically wanted more Reagan, right? And then uh, Bush governed as more of a centrist, as a moderate. He was not as conservative as Ronald Reagan, and a lot of the conservatives were upset. It's the exact opposite now. I mean, us conservatives, we were terrified that Trump would not govern as a conservative. And I think he's exceeded all of our expectations and governed much more conservatively oh, yeah. than, than we could have imagined. So it's almost like a polar opposite kind of situation. And if there is a third party challenge, it'll be, you know, they'll be running to the to the left of the Republican president, not to the right. So oh, yeah, yeah. it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting how it plays out. Definitely. Definitely. So, all right, Aaron, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, I'm running out of time, so i got to let you go. But before I let you go, where can everybody read your stuff? Where can everybody follow you online and keep in touch with you and all of that good stuff? So you, you can read my stuff at uh, jewishjournal.com, uh, writing a lot about um, Israel and anti-Semitism stuff on college campuses. There's just no shortage of stuff on either front. Um, I, I should say that um, for those who may not be aware, there was a Palestinian terror attack on Sunday where seven people were shot um, in a West Bank settlement. And one of, those, one, one of the shot, one of the victims was a 21-year-old pregnant woman. Uh, she was 30 weeks pregnant, and she had to, she had to give birth uh, early. And that baby was originally born stable, and then the baby's condition deteriorated. And the, unfortunately this morning, the, the baby has died. Oh, no, um, I didn't know so, that. Oh, no. So let's, uh, you know, let's, let's all... We'll say a little prayer for uh, uh, for for the family uh, because that's obviously horrific, and um, you know it, it's like we, you know we really we have to those of us who are pro-Israel activists you know we have to always remain vigilant because it's it's a literal it's a literal war um, what's what's going on right now so um, you know rest rest in peace um, to, to the baby and um, you know just an awful situation all around. Absolutely, yeah, that is that is terrible. I didn't know that the baby did end up passing away. That's that's horrific. That is absolutely terrible. Yeah, but um, yeah, everybody check that out. These are a lot of uh, really really great articles by Aaron uh, in the in the last couple weeks, really highlighting all these all these issues. And, and uh, Aaron's one of the best out there, especially in covering um, uh, Israeli stuff and and anti-Semitism and here and abroad in, in America and abroad. Uh, definitely, definitely check out his stuff over at Jewish Journal. Follow him at Bandler's Banter on Twitter. And uh, it's always good talking to you, my friend, and I'll talk to you again soon. Uh, I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks.